Hi, I'm Hobbs. And I'm Lindsay. And this is For Our Days. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to our podcast. Y'all still gay out there? Of course they are. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, friends. So it is November 11th. Mm. And last week... It feels like a year ago, but it was was November 3rd, a.k.a. Election Day. Wow. Who will be our new dad (laughs) of America (laughs) featuring mom? We had an election for Daddy of America. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. Uh, Yeah, so the election... So a week of deciding on such a momentous position, because, you know, it's the only thing that's ever going to matter in the grand scheme of politics, of course. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) The best theater of, yeah, all of the whole shebang. Yeah. General feelings. Where were you at? How did you feel? Well, okay. Let me start with this. I worked the polls but i worked the polls for alexis rogers who was someone running for mayor in richmond and i have been volunteering for her campaign since basically summer because it's very rare that there is ever a political candidate ever that i actually (laughs) align with that much so i was like gotta double down on this got a phone bank gotta like (laughs) get all my friends to vote for her etc um but other than that I would say last week I was just kind of trying to focus on myself and just I I felt surprised at how unfazed I was by the election Um, I think the week before the election, I was feeling very anxious. There was a lot going on in the news, but also in our campaign Slack channel that we had for Alexis's campaign. It was just blowing up and everyone's like freaking out. You know, we got to get yard signs at all of the polling places and everyone needs to sign up for whatever shifts and da 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 da. And so I think once it actually happened, I was kind of like, okay, well, we'll see, we'll see where this goes. But I wasn't as stressed as I was the week before. What about you? Tell me about your election general feelings and slash what, what happened to you last week? I came into it pretty cool just because I was on vacation for like the first time really all of quarantine by myself. Where'd you go? I went with Reese and B. We went out to Natalie, Virginia, which was East Jesus Nowhere out in the boonies, but surprisingly had a pretty decent like black population. So I was like, oh, so this is where all like, my country like folk all like are. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel scared. I was just like, even when I saw like a Trump pen sign, I was like, okay, as expected. But I would mm-hmm. see, you know, like a fellow like brown, like black or brown like folk. I was like, yeah, like we're out here. We're having a good time. Like this is where everyone's hanging out. And for the first time, I just got like a moment of just clarity for like five days in a row of just sitting by the fire, chatting, talking, being myself, enjoying the company of like the sky and like feeling like, wow, like the world really is a lot bigger when you're 
in this space where it's like, this is where people <laughs> mind their business aggressively. So, mm-hmm. and coming into election and we talked about it a bit as a group and it just seemed like, you know, maybe this will go on until December in terms of if they bring it to the Supreme court or what have you kind of nonsense that will probably go on because Trump is a sore <laughs> loser, but <laughs> going into it, I was, um, it's been eight months. How much fear can one person possibly carry? How much fear am I going to like use as my compass for all time? Like it just felt like I kind of ran out of gas in the tank of like feeling traumatized uh, by whatever I felt was going on in the world. So just kind of cruised into it, went to work. People were equally a little bit neutral. I think everyone's just a bit tired. Mm-hmm. And so whatever will, was going to happen was going to happen. So I think I was just kind of made my peace with it and was ready mm-hmm. for either outcome. Versus, you know, flashback to four years ago, election night. I think we were hanging out. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to black out on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) The first time in my life, like on purpose, I don't care what happens. I don't remember. For context, Hobbs and I, in the 20, during the 2016 election, I was in downtown Richmond at this bar called Shanae, this Irish pub with my dad. And we were basically the only people in this tiny little Irish pub. Always. (laughs) And then here comes Hobbs rolling in hot. (laughs) I was like, yo, it's a party. So we got Moscow Mules on deck or what? He's like, get whatever you want. I was like, thank you. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) he definitely was taking care of us that night per use. And... Came uh, all the way through. Oh my god! Actually, the image that we're using for this podcast is it's from that night. <laughs> you can see the black eyes. Like I don't know who's gonna win, but like <laughs> I'm having a good time tonight. But would you also consider yourself on more of the side of an abolitionist in a way that? it's difficult to become involved in our current political system because it's just going to continue failing us no matter what. Right. And like, we need to abolish it. Would you say that you align more on that or more of just like a sort of what you were saying of, of just, I need to know that I can commit to this long-term if I'm going to commit to this definitely idealistically abolitionist mm-hmm. in my mind just in the way with gender it's like we've gotten the script it feels very basic very played out same like constitution from like 1776 mm-hmm. like are we tired yet mm-hmm. kind of like thinking that like we have such an imagination like when you hear someone say you know fuck the police defund the police get rid of the police and someone else is like what? who are you gonna call you know when ghosts are ghosts are busting or something it's like there are ways to think about this that you just haven't yet there are courses set up for this like literally like education is so vast and like these resources of like how to implement these things are so vast that we're just not actively like bringing them into our own mainstream of how we interact with these things so i feel like a lot of people just don't really know how else we could be or how where else we could go and I am very much on par with like, we just tear it all down, burn it all down, whether it's literally mm-hmm. or metaphorically, let's start new, let's do something different. It's about time. What's the point of tradition? All of that. I feel that in my bones, but I also feel this push and pull of, you know, it's, it, that feels so idealistic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's something that you could really apply or feel today. And 
you still have a responsibility to know how to move within these systems as they are to ever see that other outcome that you're really actually vying for, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's no, it's like- Incredibly conflicted, but- Yeah, it's, I, I struggle with the same thing of this idea of the, this is sort of what I, what I hope to see in the future, whether I personally get to see it or my kids get to see it or whatever. Um, but then there's also the sort of reality of this is the system that we live in and how do we navigate that right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, did you feel like more empowered or like more like, how did it feel the difference for you versus this year versus last year from how much more involvement that you had in terms of whether it was poll working or et cetera? I think it definitely was helpful in terms of education Hmm. which is fucked up right like you shouldn't have to be a part of a political campaign to feel fully educated on who you're voting for but unfortunately that's that's the reality is you know money is power in this country and you're gonna see time and time again that campaigns that raise more money are gonna have more outreach and then it's yeah so always money in some ways i felt more empowered in terms of my knowledge but also it was one of those things where i saw you know the the it's one of those things where the deeper you get in the more it validates my thoughts of wow i really don't believe in this <laughs> like wow <laughs> i really think this is the i mean the entire electoral college, like the entire voting system is a system built on white supremacy. And obviously like people of color fucking run this country and we need, like I always use these plant analogies cause I feel like they're so helpful. And my friend Steven, he always used to use these too. It's this idea of there's a plant that has Um, poisonous roots and so we're just like trying to you know cut the leaves and cut the flowers off and add all these other you know pesticides and things like that to try to save this plant when in actuality what we need to do is just completely uproot the entire poisonous plant and then plant new seeds that aren't poisonous. I've never heard of it said quite like that but it's totally true it's totally true just get rid of it (laughs) how like when was it chile i know i think i'm gonna get that country wrong it was chile right like recently like throw it out and get something different like yo inspiration yeah why not why not what is there to lose like why are we still like holding dear and i feel like i'm just preaching to the choir every time i say this to some old ass people that has slaves of like Mm -hmm. How do they even know how to define what freedom or equality is when they're still looking at me three-fourths yeah. of the value on the vote? Like, oh. Yeah, my friend my what? friend Javier um, lives in Chile, and he sent us a video a few days ago. Mm. He said, things are so great lately. We had a referendum where we chose to get rid of the constitution that was written during the dictatorship and produce a new one, which will develop, which will be developed by citizens. And it's a video of everyone 
chanting and celebrating in the streets and waving that their flag in the air. So and rad. he sent this maybe a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a group chat with a bunch of my friends from this online art residency that I did recently. And I'm the only person that lives in the US in this group of 11 artists. And I was just so struck. Like everyone in this group was following the the presidential election in the same way or maybe even more than I was. And they were sending me, you know, all of this love and good energy and all of this sort of thing. And then Javier was sharing that. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I feel so lucky to have that sort of zoomed out yes. perspective that's yes. like, it really does make a huge difference. And, and if we're thinking about imagining, like I know we've talked about this before and I've talked to the, to this, uh, to Victoria about this, a bunch of, there's a point where you feel bored by this system that we're living in and how, again, the more involved you get in it, the more it just validates your, like my beliefs. And so it's much more exciting to me to be in this like imaginative space where we're generating Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. and, yeah, just having, having, you know, all of these different perspectives from around the world has just been really generative for me, I'd say. Oh, speaking of which, even on the local level, I don't know what it looked like for you down in Richmond, but remind me the next time we vote out a fascist to add on one hour's time to my commute, <laughs> because getting into DC was wild. And like, at first I was like, this is like at first I was on the outskirts of the city, like just driving in and I was like, nothing is like moving. I don't know what's going on or like whatever, but like people were just like beeping a lot. And at first I was like, I'm doing my best. I know I can't drive very well in DC, but like I'm doing my best. Everyone, please chill. And then you just realize like everyone, the further and further you get in, everyone is stoked. Like it was some of the most beautiful scenes I've seen like all year in terms of just public positivity. Like, holy shit. Some dude's just, like, driving around in the roundabout all my shift, just playing, fuck Donald Trump, just, like, for 30 minutes, like, with a flag out the back. People are just dancing. Everyone's, like, giving each other, like, you know, like, the dap, the fist, like, all this shit is just beautiful. Absolutely just totally night and day compared to the energy that I felt was about to come with all the boarded up businesses and, oh, my gosh, like, I work in a building with all this glass. So we've got security in the house now. Like we're just hoping nothing goes wild, but just all day. It took me an hour and a half to get to work. That usually takes 20 minutes. Like DC was just electric. Everyone was just wilding out, having a good time. And police, of course, useless, just blocking up roads that didn't need blocking. Cause it wasn't like there was riots. It was just straight up. There are more people outside than usual who are excited, mm-hmm. making lots of noises, but you don't need to block off anything because it's just traffic. Cause everyone is outside. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. So you experienced some celebrations around mm-hmm. DC and you got generally like a positive feeling oh, yeah. from those. It was like racism was cured or something. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the Obama administration, like all the liberals were like, 
We're all done, guys. Well, that's sort done. of that's <laughs> sort of what I was getting to because I've been seeing a lot of my friends that live in New York that have been posting about, you know, all these groups of white Democrats, mm-hmm. you know, on the streets celebrating is just a symbol of how we're going to move forward, which is back into the sort of neoliberal yeah. We were in negative, now we're back at zero. I am mm-hmm. all for the celebration in terms of like, yes, Trump, you are you are fired. That's I'll celebrate that. Right. But I don't feel it in my heart in terms of just like, oh my God, like a new era. No, I'm like, finally, <laughs> we can get some leadership around here of like maybe we'll have like federally stated things in terms of how to deal with this worse off than ever pandemic that we're still eight months into. Like my fear is gone, but we're way worse off than we were back in March. Right. I'm hoping for a better dialogue on that, but outside of that, my hopes are kind of dashed in terms of actually progressive, you know, rich country doing rich things versus like America still feels like a fucking ghetto. And I don't see anything really popping off politically beyond what we've already seen, which is just more shady shit behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. and in front of our face just painted differently and identity politics making us feel like we made steps versus actually are just holding upholding the same status quo we always had mm-hmm. yeah and obviously white women cannot be trusted <laughs> let's just make this clear 50 percent of y'all oh my god when i literally saw like the maps of like where not to go and like you know, the states, I'm like, my gut was right on the road trip last year. Like everywhere that was like red, I'm like, we don't want to be here. <laughs> and everywhere that was blue, I'm like, I don't feel like not safe, <laughs> you know, but I still like could still use my phone a friend option if I run out of like air in my tire. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that is, that is being a black person in this country. Truly. Always like, or forever. I feel either very unsafe or I feel, mm-hmm. you know neutral yeah um it is messy out there and i feel like this election too has just shown how divided our country is oh the truth has come out it's nuts yeah it's nuts how like It's just like there's no Okay. Do you feel like if you meet someone that's a Trump supporter, you are willing to have a conversation with them? Or are you at a point now where you're like you're a Trump supporter? Being a Trump supporter is a racist act, as we know. Being a Trump supporter is a homophobic act, as we know. Mm-hmm. I cannot engage with you. It really depends on the context, right? For everything. If I'm at work, that's not my call in terms of I wish I could kick anyone else out, anyone out that I want to. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of personal life, if I felt like I was in approaching or having a conversation with somebody who was a Trump supporter. I'm so tired now that it wouldn't even be like a fight. It would just be straight up like, dude, it sounds like you're using a lot more of your life's energy to be negative towards people than I 
have any desire to or like necessity to. So I don't think I could have anyone in my life like that. Saying that though, I know how many of like my extended family members are probably on the more conservative side or like whether or not they voted for him probably don't see everything that I feel like is wrong with this dude. Yeah, it, it's like, you may as well just write him off. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. Like, come on. This really is like, no, like, how old do I have to be to like go through like a life event where I feel like, okay, I can finally see like your true colors. All the true colors came out this year. Fuck y'all. Like, right. fuck it. Right. I'm done. Like, not like a hatred thing. Like, I think it's so much energy to carry around hate. But I feel bad, you know, if like you have a bad day. No. Right. You know, like, right. Where you coming at? This is the biggest difference that I have felt in the past few years versus when I was, you know, even in, even when I was in high school or growing up or whatever, I never felt so strongly. And of course I, I wasn't super like, I had a lot of knowledge to Mm. like, I, I had a lot to learn. Um, but I never felt so strongly that it was difficult for me to, you know, even talk to someone that it's, oof. and that just go, I think that that goes to show the polarization. And so have you seen the Netflix show, The Social Dilemma? I didn't finish it, but it scared me <laughs> when I started I, it. When let me tell it. you, the social dilemma, like it just talks so much about how social media is using our our psychology mm-hmm. against us. Mm-hmm. And I really think that because I, I think that social media has so large of a role to play in the polarization of this country. I've always oh, yes. thought this as someone that worked in social media and saw how, even in 2016, how much of a bubble were we in that we mm-hmm. thought, oh, Curated. Hillary Clinton is a shoe-in. Mm-hmm. And then that just shows, oh, because the only people on our feeds are people that think like us. Yes. and. I don't know. I've just been thinking so much about whose job it is to to basically fix this giant problem of misinformation and larger like people getting in these sort of capsules of insular thought. Right. I I told you I was reading that book Mindfuck, right? And it was mm. just all about the Russians and how they like infiltrated like a lot of our privacy just because somebody downloaded some app or whether or not you did or not, your friend did. So they got access to all of your information and got to see all of what you're up to and all of what you were doing and just how much influence, as you were talking about, Cambridge Analytica uh, just infiltrated like the election. And at the end of the book, for once, it wasn't just like, here's a big old problem, be afraid. At the end, like the person who is a, played a big component of like building up this um, 
software was like, these are the ways of which we can navigate. So like creating a solution for this and just a lot of it has to do with, <laughs> I guess, new laws for these people who are making social media to maybe not be so themselves and just create a bit more objectivity when it comes to these algorithms and such. And it's wild because it's like when you think about like anything mechanical, you're like, oh, of course it's objective. When I think about robots, I think, oh, it's just science. It doesn't have an actual opinion. But who's creating this kind of these kinds mm -hmm. of things? Like a bunch of like white dudes in Silicon Valley. Like of course mm -hmm. they're the same personality of like their makers. Mm -hmm. And just how it kind of just goes back to that root of like diversity and how important representation is and how important it is for us to have an actually diversified perspective, opinion, and application of information and media otherwise you will be like lodged into those holes like when you think about fox news and just as a viewer of fox news like all you really get is into the cycle of just your anger being sparked and you feeling like this place is i don't know a better way to explain it but just like feeding you and just you're always like feeling angry and amped up and like you get more and more reasons as to why you should feel amped up versus like when you watch the news does it need to be so emotional Mm -hmm. could it just be it or like emotional in the sense of like anger like not even at the world like why does this keep happening but just anger at like why do they keep doing this to us and who's the they you know it's like always like the other of outside of white people and just I don't know it's I don't even know what my point was <laughs> but just a comment in general at large of how people are getting their information, how it's largely emotionally based and how it's like our country will still be stuck in this a very adolescent stage of just emotionally driven decision-making because we haven't been given a new, I guess, role model in terms of how to better model our decision-making. Mm -hmm. We get so much out of just being really hyper emotionally driven decision-makers about mm -hmm. big important things. Well, I think uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, because I, like I mentioned, I feel like this election, I was so much more invested, like many mm -hmm. of us have been. And there was even that meme going around that was like, <clears throat> uh, Anyways, this was back during the primaries when Bernie was still running. There was like all these memes going around of, mm -hmm. you know, me going to vote for Bernie in 2016 versus me going to vote for Bernie in 2020. And it was like, <laughs> we're like in war gear now and, and stuff. Um, but I also, it, I mean, it also speaks to my privilege, right? Like I have never felt like my livelihood is so at risk mm. whereas now as you know an openly queer person and as someone who's get you know I'm turning 26 in January I need health insurance the affordable care act might be might be appealed like um I think this is something that a lot of Republicans don't understand is that you are voting and fighting for your beliefs and many Democrats are are voting and fighting for their lives. 
Mm. That tracks. That tracks. It's it, like when I brought up the emotional point of how we're using those, I think of like, <laughs> take coronavirus. I don't feel like wearing a mask <laughs> versus th- this one thing. Like I was scared as shit going back into work mm-hmm. after not seeing people for eight months, you know, just every decision I was making just felt wrong all the time until I got tested. I was like, still negative. What have I been doing? What have I been doing? Wearing gloves, wearing a mask, keeping my mm-hmm. distance, doing exactly what science Dr. Fauci have like told us what to do. It works. <laughs> it didn't matter about my emotions. You know, it's just a, a line and a place to decide where like how you feel, no matter how right it is, doesn't make how you're feeling right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the risk factor. And like, that's why it feels kind of, okay, it's a win for Democrats, but is it a win for the direction of where we want to take this country next? Like if you would ask everyone, you know, what radicalized you this year, their answer I feel like would fade into the background music after we got the election results. It was like, no, no, now we're fine. Now we're back on track. It's like, (laughs) there's still so much more work to do Mm -hmm. to get us in a place where it doesn't feel wild to say we all deserve free education, free healthcare, like Mm -hmm. free cost of living. Like there's more houses than there are homeless people type shit where it's just basic numbers and basic facts where it's like, no matter how you feel about it, whether or not you have to insert yourself into this narrative, oh, I work for this. So everyone else needs to work for this bootstrap bullshit non-profit let's move forward yeah like let's can we please (laughs) move forward uh there is this podcast or it's a radio show on wrir in richmond it's called race capital Mm -hmm. and they have an amazing episode on the non-profit industrial complex um and i mean their whole show is amazing and that's where I feel like I've been getting so much amazing information but yeah it's there's a lot of sort of hidden layers hidden agendas always always and uh yeah trust no one (laughs) I feel I mean, and this this goes back to my group of friends, uh, my group of residency friends that live in all different countries. Just, it, it, it's just so silly to them of this idea that we can't wrap our heads around free healthcare. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> it's just. It's so sad. You want to pay 15,000. You, no, no, no. How come you want to pay for an Uber over an ambulance? When <laughs> that ambulance got a whole IV trip, dog. Like, please. Uh, if we're gonna be the winners, quote unquote, like rich, quote unquote, why don't we feel a little bit of that? Right. Why is it that people who you know shop at Walmart are telling me about tax shit when it's like this is Biden's not threatening you? <laughs> You ain't in that 1% where you need to worry about tax plans and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yeah. So where, okay. Obviously, ideally, mm-hmm. top tier ideal is complete and total abolition of white supremacy in this Tear country and every symbol of it. Tear it down. Okay the next layer of what would be good 
would be like Green New Deal, universal yes. health care, yes. um, free education, yes. all levels, yes. fully funded public schools, abolish, well, defund the police. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Where do you think, what do you think is realistic over the next four years? Like I said, feels like Trump got us in the negative. Biden is about to put us back at the zero. Yeah. Nothing actually really anything wild to really feel good about, but getting us getting us back to a sense of we have a leader in charge who's capable of forming sentences that don't feel like you have to question, is this fake news? Mm-hmm. And just feeling a sense of maybe a little bit more comfortability. And I also use that with complacency right next to anything that they say or do or plan to do just because neoliberalism is still in my eyes a weapon Mm -hmm. of the american agenda that is driven by propaganda and just war tactics and obsession with punishment and obsession with just a lot of things that i feel like i personally have outgrown and i don't know when this country will but i know a lot of people like you and i especially is just like the people that we're running around with it's just the radicalization of where we're trying to go i feel like it's it's such a localized level that we're not going to see what we're looking for for much longer unfortunately mm-hmm. unless something wild happens that mm-hmm. isn't you know <sighs> yeah Trump or whatever yeah so what like, are you saying that even though this isn't going to, ha- we're not going to see this in our lifetime on a broader scale, we and the people that we run around with are like, like need to be in a space where we're trying to figure out how to make our own world. Always. Yeah. Always. It always starts on the ground. It's like, you know, when Trump was first elected and there were a lot of dude bros telling me, I'm voting for Trump because I'm hoping he'll just, you know, <laughs> break the system. It's like, so you're radical. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but there's no answer to that, right? It's just, I hope he breaks the system. It's like, what do you even mean by that? Are you right. like, on the ground too? Like thinking about how we're going to abolish some shit, you know, radicalize right. some shit? Are you actually there trying to get us some free shit? Yeah. Or are you just down for chaos? (laughs) I think that this too, I mean, this is something that I feel like my conservative family and I can actually agree on. Mm -hmm. Is there like, well, you know, I just, I just don't really know why everything with voting is so complicated and like, it just doesn't make sense. And like, what are these amendments? And like, and I'm Uh, like, yeah, (laughs) literally it it's it's this way for a reason can we right right (laughs) can we all put the i think we're all a little sick of it Mm -hmm. it's like you know you get served soup for months (laughs) you're like ah you know i just i really hate that like carrot soup i just wish you'd have something different like but why do you think about the rest of the other soups they're like no it's just the carrot it really bothers just the carrot soup i really don't like it's like you can say you don't like all the soup all together (laughs) (laughs) it just doesn't click right uh what do you feel like the divide will mean for us do you feel like this is just gonna create more gas for like the next election season or do you feel like 
I don't want to create a leading question. Just wear you out with that. Oh, mm. I feel like we, I like your analogy of like we were in negative one and now we're in zero. I feel like now, because there's like Republicans and Democrats and then mm-hmm. within Democrats, there's such a wide spectrum of people's, people's views. Yes. Yeah. I feel like there's, there is, there's like the AOC supporters that are mm. like, save mm. our fucking planet. <laughs> and then there's the Democrats that are like, but yeah. I'm still pro-life. Like, uh, you know, that's so no, I feel, I feel like it's a battle within the party right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that it doesn't require more very drastically stark times for us to move move in the direction of getting you know all of these basic needs met but i don't know part of me feels like yeah i mean part of me feels like it's just gonna be another obama era where Mm -hmm we come out and we're like what yeah i almost kind of i've grown to a little bit don't quote me on this i've grown to admire conservatives a bit more just because at least they're honest i feel like all the things that i've seen about liberalism and just how it's yeah okay they're about progressiveness all this it's it's there's a bit of shadiness in there somewhere where i feel like it's coincided with the whole, okay, now we're done since we're blue again. Like we're done. Right. Conservatives are just straight like, no, I still hate y'all. And it's like, okay, at least now I know. <laughs> it's in my face. Thank you. I will not knock on your door for sugar. <laughs> but all this liberalism shit, it's like, you know how much, as much as all the comments that came out and I, maybe, you know, something different about this event. Cause I don't, remember or i didn't watch it the debates where we were asking trump mr president can you denounce white supremacy and he couldn't Mm. right could biden Mm. did he Mm. or are we just like assuming like he's just so much better that we're it's it's fine at least it's not trump i just feel like that line is going to be used so often and Mm -hmm. so violently at least it's not trump Mm-hmm. at least we're better off it's like i feel like we just got out of this abusive relationship i mean it's not your ex i'm like oh, i still deserve better <laughs> i still deserve you know to be celebrated we all do mm-hmm. to move forward versus like oh at least you know he's not hitting you okay but he also doesn't listen to me so what's good mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i was at this teach-in a few months ago and we were talking about the election mm-hmm. and the question in our group was what do we do if trump gets reelected in november and we made this list of like you know protests riots like whatever all this shit um focus on mutual aid just all these different things that we could right. do and then the question the next question was well what do we do if Joe Biden gets elected in November? And the group kind of came to the consensus of, well, we should just do all the same things. Yeah. 
But is that going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. So too long, didn't read election season. Lizzie and Hobbs, unsatisfied. <laughs> Deeply unsatisfied. Mildly perturbed and very okay. <laughs> very okay. Pretty much. Um, what have you been doing to keep yourself healthy and well during this election season? Well... I've been thinking about working out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, okay, I try to dive right into it as my dumbass always does. I'm like, okay, I'm back. I took off two months. I'm back in the game. I start lifting up a weight and then like I get these weird like just my whole body skeleton is upset with me in very critical ways where I'm like, if this was enduring pain for the whole day, I would fall to the floor and cry. But because mm-hmm. it's only like 10 seconds at a time, for about 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, I got the warning shots of maybe I did too much. So tentatively, tentatively getting back into working out, um, drinking more water. Mm, that's um, always your go-to. I love it. Honestly, um, sleeping a lot more. I haven't been staying up as late, but I still sleep in until 10. So I'm getting about 12 hours of sleep. It's kind of nice. Mm. Um, uh, the desire is to drink a little bit less, but it's still 2020, so why not just finish strong? You know, what's one a night? Whatever. I'm a bartender. Yeah. As soon as you taste something at work, you're like, ooh, I want to make this at home. There we go. Yeah. You deserve um, it. Thank you. Yeah. Outside of that, just journaling consistently mm-hmm. and this podcast, honestly. <laughs> um, Hobbs and I were in our Google Doc before we started recording <laughs> this episode. Yeah. And I where I was asking about The Bachelor and if we wanted to start recording weekly recaps of The Bachelor because that's the other half of our podcast that we love so much and so dearly. Yes. And yes. Hobbs says, <laughs> yes, please, every week, this podcast keeps me alive. <laughs> it does. I honestly like, okay, so this song by Bruce Springsteen, I only listen to when I really feel like I'm doing it, but I be straight be playing working on a dream more often and get out <laughs> here and sparkle in my eye like bitch we out here we, like we open up doors like we put ourselves out there and we doing it i love it you know how about you how what have you been doing to keep afloat sunlight yes. so just being outside in the sun as much mm-hmm. as i can mm-hmm. you but by like the bmfa or where are you going Set the no just i mean if I'm with, if I'm nannying, okay. I'm like oh, yeah, those kids. around, they have a huge backyard and they oh. live by a playground. So we run around Good and deal. if I'm at my house, I mean, I'm normally working in my garden in the backyard or if I'm at the farm, then I'm on the farm. <laughs> um, and also I would say drinking more water and mm-hmm. tea Tea. I'm like so into tea again. I go through phases. <laughs> as you got a face with that, y'all. <laughs> I'm so into tea again. I love it. Um, making my own blends. Ooh. And you- trying to just connect with people I love, you know? Trying mm-hmm. to call a pal, mm-hmm. see what's up, mm-hmm. make sure everyone's all right. Yeah. Yeah community community connectivity we love it okay well i'm i 
don't know if you're going to be right if this election is going to continue dragging on through December. Um, we know that Joe Biden is the projected what the fuck does president. That mean? <laughs> well, so because the electors of the electoral college haven't oh. cast their votes yet. That's why. Why are we celebrating? Because they're supposed to vote how we voted, but bunch of bitches. I don't know. When have they ever? Oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep fighting. We're gonna keep trying to move forward. Yes. Get some every day. Get some good housing. Get some free healthcare. Get some mm-hmm. free education. You know, all these fingers things. crossed. Keep stretching, everybody. You know. The future, yes. it might have something worth stretching for. Yes. And to be clear, I do obviously think it is important to vote. Mm-hmm. And thank you to everyone who did vote mm-hmm. for Joe Biden, even if, Joe. It, even if you were settling for him, as obviously Hobbs and I were. <laughs> Joe asterisk. I don't like this. I don't like this. I think we can do better. That's my asterisk. There we go. Okay. Thank you for listening, people. And um, join us. Join us again. And maybe we will not be talking about all of these white men. Oh, definitely not. We'll move on next week. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a blast in the past. Anyway. Okay. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Um. I'm curious about, because I know the last election, I feel like a lot of people were maybe a little bit less involved. Like Mm. last election was obviously, the last presidential election was obviously very important and high risk, but I feel like, like you said, the, the amount of trauma that has happened over the past four years of this Trump presidency, it was sort of like people really came in full force this year, I think, of getting in, of really, like, their commitment to to this election and getting Joe Biden elected, even though, of course, he, we, a lot of us settled for Joe Biden. Um, what, how do you feel like personally, like, your involvement in the election and also politics has shifted. I know that I need to do better. I remember seeing an Instagram post after all the things that went down in Richmond, you know, whether it was the Black Lives Matter movement or like Stoney as like the mayor Mm -hmm. and what he was and was not doing. I remember seeing a post being like, if you are leaving this year without any more knowledge about local politics and how they work and who's doing what and how to like better like organize, like if mm-hmm. you're not able or participating organizationally, like what are you actually doing? What have you learned? What, what do you expect is going to keep happening? You know, if you keep being this complacent in it and it just struck me like a chord. And since then, I think I have felt a lot more like good pressure to get more involved, but also still feeling a bit stifled in that way. Cause I don't really know where I belong right now. I don't really mm-hmm. feel like at home in Arlington. I don't think I'm coming back to Richmond. Thanks for joining in y'all. If you like what you hear, there's plenty more coming. 
please reach out to us with questions and ideas. You can DM us on Instagram. You can find Hobbs at Hobbs underscore junior. That's H-O-B-B-E-S underscore J-R. And you can find me, Lindsay, at LJ Parnell. That's at L-J-P-A-R-N-E-L-L. <laughs> Stay safe, y'all. <laughs>